This is the BSN Denver Buffs Podcast. Powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Up top, crossover dribble. Has to pull up on the three-point line. Gets the shot off. Good! Derek White puts the Buffs ahead by six. Drops back, looks coming up the right side. Throws to the left. One-on-one coverage. Picked up! Picked up by Derek Thompson! Here are your hosts, Ryan Koningsberg, Jake Shapiro, and Ted Chalfin. Welcome into the Blake Street Tavern for the BSN Buffs podcast. Uh, the lovely, the incomparable Blake Street Tavern. And this, of course, is the one and only BSN Buffs podcast uh, with Ryan Koningsberg, Ted Chalfin, and Jake Shapiro this week. Talking about CU hoops, CU football, all that good stuff. We'll have a little hoops at the end, so stay tuned to that if you are interested in hoops. But right off the top, uh, news broke today. Today is Wednesday, December 14th, that Jim Levitt will be taking another defensive coordinator job. Uh, a great opportunity for Jim Levitt, but speaking of opportunities, we no longer have that <laughs> opportunity. So that, that thing that's an opportunity that was a long time in the making, no longer an opportunity for you, so we're sorry. Imagine if you kept thinking to yourself, like, ah, this is the week I'm going to do it. Like, I'm going to get that, that offer. And then, like, you, you tuned in the podcast at, like, 8 a.m. on Thursday, and we're like, ah. Yep. You don't know. You can still try the code. Maybe it'll work. Either way. But <laughs> speaking of money. <laughs> you can probably type whatever you want into that. <laughs> it's like, give me money mm-hmm. is basically – uh, speaking of money, though, Jim Levitt's going to get paid a lot of money to take that job at Oregon. We're hearing somewhere between $1.2 to $1.5 million a year. Uh, it'll make him one of the highest-paid assistant coaches in the nation. 440 k more Adam Monster Tigers reporting than any other assistant in the Pac-12, uh, which was basically how much he was making this last year. So Levitt is going to get a major payday. And there's a lot of different ways I think you can look at Jim Levitt leaving the Buffs but I think there's only one real logical way, and this was probably bound to happen. One, two, it was a lot of money, and Jim Levitt wasn't going to say no to it. I think that's about the long and short of it when it comes down to it is that's money that simply CU can't match. And I don't know. I mean, you can sit there and say CU you know, isn't committing to football by not paying this price or whatever it is. You, you can dredge up any take you want. It's not realistic. And Oregon is a, one of the few schools in the country that can pay that type of money. And they went and got their guy. When you have $1.2 million to $1.5 million to throw at a coach, you can get whoever you want when it comes to the assistant coach ranks because no one's making that. If it's $1.2, he's the sixth highest paid assistant coach in the country. Top paid assistant coach in the Pac-12. So when it comes down to it, it's a money thing. And, you know, I think my my strongest take on it is the fact that if your coordinators aren't getting taken away, whether it's for head coaching jobs or for you know financial increases in the same job, then you're probably running a trash program. I agree with that to an extent. You've seen the Broncos deal with a lot of attrition on the coordinator front in recent years with coordinators going off to become head coaches elsewhere, and that's been a casualty of their success. But what kind of burns me is that not only is he not taking a head coaching job, but he's taking a job in the same conference, and that just kind of hurts to think about. And, yeah, the odds that CU will actually line up against him are fairly slim because they're not playing Oregon the next two years, which RK pointed out to me earlier. But 
It's hard because this was a job that a lot of people thought he was going to keep next year because he wasn't really being floated as a likely name for one of the head coaching vacancies. And so Phil Knight just kind of swoops down with this with this offer and, and steals him. And there's just unfortunately nothing that CU can do about it. It's like the Yankees, Manchester United, any other really rich team you want to think about. When they're bad, they have people with deep enough pocketbooks to make sure that they won't be bad for long. You know, you say they won't be playing against Jim Lovett on the field. That's true. They will be playing against him off the field in terms of trying to get recruits. Colorado and Oregon are going to chase some of the same recruits in the next few years. But you're right, Ted. And that's why I don't see this as a lateral move, even though it's within conference. Oregon is established itself as one of the premier programs in college football over the last decade. They have that type of money. They have the facilities. Yeah, I know the Buffs have the facilities now too, but they have that base in the kids our age and the kids a little bit younger than us that are now going into college know Oregon as the dominant program of the last maybe decade or as one of them with Alabama, and they don't see CU at that, as that yet. They see CU as a good story right now. So Jim Lovett's going to have a better job, a better opportunity as the defensive coordinator in Oregon, and I think it can be characterized, uh, let alone with all the things that I've just said, with this. He has a chance to raise his stock. Well, that's the thing. When you're at a program like Oregon and you turn around a defense, it's, you're instantly thrown into the realm of head coaching jobs. It's, you know, when you're at the best coordinators at the best schools in the country and the highest profile schools in the country, your names are always in there. You know, you've got Alabama defensive coordinators and offensive coordinators on the list of every team every year, and they're all just going through. And, I mean, it doesn't really matter for them because Nick Saban's just going to keep getting the best kids in the country, and it doesn't really matter who you put out there. And he's going to keep attracting really good coaches to come coach with him because they know they're going to win national championships and go get head coaching jobs. It's like a vicious cycle that at this point might never end until Nick Saban decides to hang him up. So or go to Texas, which is definitely going to happen at some point. If you, right? listen, if you listen to Texas. I don't think so. I think Nick Saban couldn't have it any better. If he was to leave, I think it would be for another chance at the NFL which I think would be also stupid, but that's, you know, when you look at, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to, I was just going to say that Oregon is in a position right now where they haven't been this bad in a really long time. And if Jim Levitt could be seen as one of the architects of their turnaround, it would be huge for him. Exactly. Some other things to consider. Steve's defense is for a long time. Isn't going to be as good as they were this year. There. We talked about this before the natural, thing to happen is they're going to regress next year they're losing both of their best corners their best safeties they're losing their strongest player on the defensive line it's they're eight starters right i think it's eight starters they're losing their best linebacker everything points to the fact they're going to take a step back jim levitt sees a chance to oh let me jump here make more money take a program higher because it's going to be fairly easy to take the talent he has there and make them go up the ranks in defense, and then instead of going back with your stock, his stock keeps trending up. Yeah, and I, I think mean, that's the obvious decision here. Yeah, well, if Jim Leva does have designs on a head coaching job in the future, we can't be sure of that, then yeah, if he stays at CU, there's no way that they're <clears throat> going to be as good next year as they were this year on defense. We were hoping he would mitigate that by staying. Uh, Buffs fans were confident that the defense would be at least serviceable next year. Uh, now it's kind of anybody's guess. But Levitt, yeah, his stock was probably going to drop because CU next year is probably not going to be a top 10 defense in the country. That's just a difficult thing to replicate. 
Exactly. And I think that's the easy part of it. Uh, another thing, a lot of people complaining about the multi-year contract rule today. Jim Levitt had one of CU's six. Uh, so that's not exactly something to whine about right now. But just keep that in your back pocket because it's definitely worth whining about at other times. It's definitely BS. Uh, the fact that CU can only have six multi-year contracts and meaning they have one for Rick George, one for Mike McIntyre, one for Tad Boyle, uh, one for J.R. Payne, one for Jesse Mahoney, and one for Jim Levitt. So they have to – you don't really have much to sac- – a, a much chance to sacrifice anything there unless you know you could you could take women's volleyball off or whatever then you're creating title nine issues and there's all sorts of things it's a, it's a really shitty deal honestly for cu that they only get those six but it wasn't a reason in this case because uh jim levitt did have one of those six and looking at the money from the perspective of this because this is the first questions i got did cu have a chance to match you know i don't know i'll, I'll be honest I don't know right now at this point, uh, you know, four hours after the news have broken, but I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter. No. It, CU did not have $1.2 to $1.5 million to give Jim Levitt. And, you know, the next take I've gotten from the few people I've, I've said that to so far has been, well, you know, we need, because it was someone that uh, is on that team, he said, we need to be big time, we need to have that money. It's, if, if, they, if they had the money, they would pay him. I can promise you that. They wanted to pay him, but they don't have that type of money to go after this, this guy right now. Well, and it, with all the things we've just talked about, it's still even if you're Jim Levitt, that's, you still want to go if I'm him because, again, like we said, you can continue your stock trending upward. And I think since the day he came to see you, his goal was always to get back to a head coaching job. Uh, and it's funny because it came up today, but I even asked him that in the famous Creek interview. He didn't quite say no, but he didn't say – he didn't quite say yes, but he didn't say no either. And I think that's the thing to keep in mind here. It was never going to be Jim Levitt, career defensive coordinator at the University of Colorado. And when he was hired, he wasn't even first, second, or third option on anyone's list. So if I told you the day – Jim Levitt came to Colorado that he's going to come here for two years. He's going to take CU from the 120th ranked defense to the, what, it's eighth? I don't know the exact number, eighth but I know it's in the top ten. ranked defense in the country in two years, and he's going to leave. Every single one of you that's listening to this podcast signs on that dotted line without even taking a second to think about it. I think going back in time, too, Ted had a great tweet about this today where he said all the kids that Jim Levitt brought in here are going to – what was it, Ted? Well, what I said was the, what he's done in terms of not just the kids that he brought in, but in terms of this defense is the main reason this team won 10 games this year. Obviously, yeah, Sefo Lufau had a lot to do with it too, but I think without a defense this strong, it's probably a 7- or 8-win team. I mean, CU is, at least to some degree, they're back, we hope, for years to come. And I think Jim Levitt played a major role in that, and what he's done here is going to help the Buffs land far more recruits than recruits that they might lose because um, they might decommit because they committed because of him or that he might steal at Oregon or yada, yada, yada. I think the return to prominence, uh, national relevance of this program, he's a big reason for that, and I think that's going to help them so much more than him leaving could ever hurt them. Here's the last thing I'll add on why another reason Jim Eleven wanted to leave. The relationship between Jim Levitt and Mike McIntyre wasn't exactly fuzzy by any means. 
Uh, you saw at one point this season they got into it on the sidelines. That was kind of a boiling over of an issue that's been there. And, and obviously it wasn't a big enough issue to derail anything that they were doing, which I think is a good job on the part of both of them. But this are, these are two head coaches. These are two alpha dogs that have very different styles that butted heads a lot. And one person in the athletic department described their relationship to me as two parents who want to get divorced, but they don't want to show it in front of the kids type of thing. So I mean, this is it a- wasn't warm. It wasn't fuzzy. It was another reason why it's kind of easy for, G- for Jim Levitt to say, this is probably a good time for me to jump, jump, jump shit. But I don't think that's the overlying reason why – this is ha- why this happened. I just think it's another thing that plays a part in the entire situation. And it's not uncommon for that to be a thing between a head coach and a defensive coordinator. Most famously, Mike Ditka and Buddy Ryan had those issues with the 1985 Bears. So, yes, Mr. Chicago. Um, but uh, I think you should have gone. Yes, I, too, have seen that 30 for 30. Uh, <laughs> that would have been better. He's going to have an even more daunting, maybe not because of the talent, turnaround job at Oregon. I was just looking, and Oregon was 126th out of 128 in both yards and points per game this year on defense. So if he can pull that turnaround and turn them into an elite defense, I think there's no doubt that he's going to be a head coach after that. This segment has been brought to you by the Colorado Keg House in Broomfield, right next to the First Bank Center with 75 Colorado craft beers on tap. They are the home for Colorado craft beer. From wheat beers to nitros to IPAs to ales, Nobody does craft beer like Colorado Keg House. You can sit at their Did huge bar. Right? Yeah, I was like, I was gonna, I was looking at Ryan. I was like, is that okay? And you have to stop me in the middle of the read because I got something right. Yes, congratulations. Thanks. Have a gold star. There was a there was an attempt and there was a successful attempt. Yes. Uh, you can sit at their huge bar, their tables, their lounge area. No matter where you sit, you can sit in front of the TV with sports on. So next time you're looking for something to do, go down to the Colorado Keg House off Wadsworth and 36 in Broomfield. I think I got that right because when Ali's on the podcast, you still I, said Broomfield. You still said Broomfield. <laughs> Donald Broomsfield. <laughs> well, I always do Broomsfield now because whenever I see like a word like that, I, I just have to put an S on because of man's. Like man's? Yeah. But uh, I think I say Al's correctly. Whose brooms is this? <laughs> I said that. When no, Allie isn't on the podcast because when I, Allie is here, I call her Al. So I see like I. Yeah. Okay. Ailey Monroy. We miss you, Allie. Allie has been banned from the podcast due to bad takes. Yeah, she's totally not, like, somewhere else right now. Five-week suspension right now? Yeah, five-week suspension. <laughs> that seems right. That seems like about the right length of time. She's suspended for bad takes longer than Ray Rice was suspended from the NFL originally. Okay, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be that guy. <laughs> That's like a solid 2014 reference. Half, half as long as Josh Gordon was suspended for marijuana usage. <laughs> what, did Von Miller, making, what did Von Miller get, six games? He's out here keeping our listeners woke. Did Von Miller get six or four when he was suspended for marijuana? That was so long ago, I don't even remember. Yeah, remember when like that was a thing with Von Miller? Anyway, yeah, like a concern. Off the, the field BSN concerns. Broncos podcast for more. Yeah, you should. It's fun. I do it a lot. Speaking of fun, the Alamo might be fun. Uh, Ryan has no idea what it is. Ryan, give me your Honestly, Alamo. Honestly, I was takes. confused when they were going to the Valero Alamo Bowl because I was like, those are two different oil companies. What's the deal here? <laughs> So first, we have a merger. Remember the Valero. <laughs> remember the Valero Alamo Bowl. Okay, can you can you give me like concisely what you think the Alamo is? It's a it's a mission of some sort. But like, did something happen there? 
Probably, yeah. Like a, That's why a I need to be remembered. Okay, you're definitely on the right track. I'm guessing there was a battle <laughs> um, in, like, America won and got Texas. Uh, not quite. So, <sighs> what, okay, so what happened at the Alamo was that there was a siege, and they were surrounded by the Mexican army, and uh, Davy Crockett was there for real. Oh, he had the hat. Yeah, and uh, every single person inside the Alamo, including the women and children, died. Mm, and they got Alamo, a, no. But they got a letter... <laughs> They got a letter sent out, you know. Santa Tony, no. They got like they sent somebody out on horseback with a letter before they all died, and the news spread of this massacre. <laughs> and remember, the Alamo became this battle cry that eventually helped uh, Texas win its independence from Mexico. So there you go. Th- so that's you're a, saying that's we a... have our headline if the Buffs lose by forty. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! There were no survivors. <laughs> that's actually a crazy fact Cowboys about San take Antonio, no prisoners? isn't it, Ryan? That is. What would you say about that fact about San Antonio? <laughs> San Antonio, whoa. Speaking of San Antonio, whoa, we have a new segment for you uh, where we're going to list some crazy facts about San Antonio called San Antonio, whoa. Uh, Ryan, why don't you lead us off? Um, San Antonio, whoa. It's illegal to flirt or respond to flirtation using the eyes or hands in San Antonio. What, you how gotta, do you, you got to flirt with your body. You got to thrust. You got to thrust. <laughs> Uh, San Antonio, whoa. Johnny Cash sat on a bench along the Riverwalk with his future wife when he was 18 and carved Johnny Loves Viva into the wood. I believe it was Vivian? Uh, can't read. <laughs> Viva San Antonio. <laughs> uh, San Antonio, whoa. President Lyndon Baines Johnson and Larry Bird, sorry, that's Lady Bird, <laughs> got hitched in St. Mark's Episcopal Church. <laughs> uh. People always forget That's that there was couple. one gay president. That's a power couple right there, <laughs> Lyndon Johnson and Larry, Larry Bird. Bird. <laughs> they can rain bombs on Vietnam and threes on the court. <laughs> uh, yeah. just like we're laughing at a lot of dark things on this segment. That's because I'm here. Uh, Ryan, San Antonio, get- whoa. One billionth, the one billionth Netflix rental, which was Babel, if you were curious, was rented out to a film lover in a San Antonio suburb. San Antonio, whoa. The first church's chicken restaurant opened in San Antonio. Hmm. San, San Antonio, whoa. Charles Lindbergh, famous for making the world's first nonstop solo flight across the Atlantic and for being a Nazi, received training at Brooks and Kelly's Fields in San Antonio. <laughs> that was uh, so subtle. San Antonio, whoa. San Antonio is the only city in Texas with a knife ban on knives with locking blades. No switch Gotta blades. keep those blades out. No switch blades. Uh, San Antonio, whoa, and a bird fact. The San Antonio Zoo was one, one of the first cageless zoos in the United States and has one of the largest bird collections and the first in the country to breed endangered whooping cranes. Wow. Whoop. It's your My turn. turn? Yeah. San, uh, San Antonio, whoa. Mark Twain once said, there are only four unique cities in the United States, and San Antonio was one of them. Another San Antonio, whoa, and bird fact. The I-35 bridge running over the Riverwalk is the summer home to 20,000 Mexican free-tail bats. Wow. <laughs> Or should I say, whoa? Um, okay, last, my, this is my last one. The annu- San Antonio, whoa, the annual Fiesta San Antonio. Wouldn't it be Fiesta de San Antonio? Anyway, once the Battle of Flowers Parade is one of the largest parades in the nation, second only to Mardi Gras. I had no idea. San Antonio, you're cool. San Antonio, whoa. Sandra Cisneros, mother to Matt Cisneros, maybe. <laughs> Author of the acclaimed Probably. novel The House on Mango Street, lives in San Antonio's King William District. 
The San Antonio Spurs, of course, making their home in San Antonio, well, are the only ABA team that was absorbed into the NBA that have won a championship in the NBA. You know, one of the other ABA teams that got absorbed into the NBA, the Denver Nuggets. They've mm. never even been to the finals. Uh, San Antonio, whoa. Pope John Paul II declared San Antonio as the most Catholic city in the United States, which made it really awkward when Lyndon Johnson and Larry Bird got <laughs> married there. <laughs> oh, God. San Antonio, whoa. Every St. Patrick's Day, the, the entire river is dyed green, and the, given the name of the river, Shannon. <laughs> what? <laughs> they really? changed the name of the river one day a year. <laughs> Shannon? Well, Shannon? every other day of year, that river bubbles out crystal clear drinking water. <laughs> San Antonio, whoa. <laughs> How much worse is this going to get? Uh, I have to say, okay, if, we, if, if CU does lose by 40, the headline has to be San Antonio, whoa, W-O-E. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, that was good. I remember Kilpatrick's how uh, uh, Brian Kilpatrick, a uh, esteemed Purple Row person. Uh, <laughs> remember the Alame? Yes, <laughs> yes. That, that was pretty good. Uh, any more pressing out uh, San Antonio woes? <laughs> uh, there's so it's many. really hard to get. It's really hard to get there. Apparently, uh, yes. Well, San Antonio draws in 30 million visitors per year, most coming to see. Not the Alamo Bowl, but the other thing. The actual Alamo? Yes. The Alamo. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've heard, it's not the, it's, I've heard the Alamo really isn't all that. The real game changer about San Antonio is it's uh, open carry on the, uh, in terms of beverages. No, I don't know about the guns. I assume <laughs> guns, too. But it's, uh, Texas. It's, uh, it's open carry for beverages on the Riverwalk, which is a real game changer. open carry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm packing heat. I'm packing Kurs. I'm packing Kurs light. Uh, that honestly, hearing that fact made me want to go to San Antonio so much more, because it's, like places where you can have alcohol outdoors are like exponentially cooler than other places. Tailgates, Vegas, the mountains. Tailgates, <laughs> Vegas, Mexico. I hadn't been to Mexico, so. Um, uh, anyways, oh, oh wait, uh, oh wait, no, yeah. no, it's like. Just really bumming me out that you guys may or may not be there. Like, I know I'm going to be there, but I'm going to have to, like, stop in Amarillo because I'm going to be driving down with one other person if you guys can't go. Speaking like, of Amarillo, right, well, we have a new segment for you. It's called Amarillo <laughs> Woke. <laughs> no, no, this one has to be Amarillo Woke. <laughs> Some woke Amarillo facts. Uh, Colorado Safe Outlet has the largest selection of safes in Colorado. Don't waste your time like you just did at the big box <laughs> retailer looking at safes that don't suit your needs. Instead, come to the Colorado Safe Outlet wh where you, uh, an expert will set up you, what, with you what, exactly what you need, no more and no less. Once you pick the perfect safe, they will deliver to your home fast and easy. Check them out online at coloradosafeoutlet.com or visit them at one of their two locations in Centennial or Stapleton. Unfortunately, that concludes what was the greatest segment in the history of the BSN Buffs podcast. Absolutely cannot be topped. But we have a pretty good interview with, uh, for you. I sat down. Well, I actually stood up. I always say sat down, but I, I guess I should just say I caught up. I caught up with Ryan Moeller, uh, safety linebacker, what, whatever position he plays, uh, was just named first team Pac-12 for his special teams play. He's got a great story, of course, coming back from a car accident, being a walk-on, ending up in the place where he does. Uh, Ryan, you had something to add? More like Ryan Wohler. God damn it. That one, that one even bothered me. Uh, but I, I caught up with him a few days ago. Uh, 
and this is my interview with him. We talked about some things that weren't necessarily football related, but uh, he's a pretty good kid. Uh, I say kid, but he's my age. He's a pretty good guy uh, in general. And uh, we're all just kids. He's definitely a cool person to talk to. Uh, so here is what he had to say. So Ryan, you grew up a Colorado football fan. Do you have an exact moment that you fell in love with Colorado football? Mm. I think it's pretty much instilled instilled in me like since I was little. Uh, my mom went here, so I always kind of liked it from the beginning, and I think that's pretty funny. It's like a, a cheesy story of your parents went here, so you're supposed to like it, but um, that's definitely the case for me. I definitely love this place. I've always loved it, and I think probably watching watching Colorado football in the early 2000s and um, you know all the events that happened here in Boulder definitely seems like a special place, so I was more I was belated <laughs> I could come here and be a part of this. When was the first time that you walked into Folsom Field, and what was that like for you? Um, first time I walked into Folsom Field was actually my freshman year of high school. Um, we came out here to play a football game over uh, at Brush, actually, and uh, we came and watched uh, CU play Wyoming, actually, that year, too. And being in that atmosphere, being around it in this, this stadium, you know, it's definitely a special place, but when you can be up there in the stands and watch these guys run out behind Ralphie, you're like, dang, that's, that's where I want to be. And seeing it firsthand definitely uh, made me want to be here that much more. What's it like going from the guy that wants to run behind Ralphie to the guy that is running behind Ralphie? You know, a lot of it's like a dream come true for, for, uh, for, for a lot of people, and, you know, definitely me. And um, being able to run behind that big, <laughs> creature is it's something else dude it's uh it's nothing like running out behind that thing and then having the crowd roar you know and cheering on for for ralphie and and us running out to see what we're about to do so it's pretty awesome being able to run behind her you know the best mascot college football so you've obviously overcome a lot i mean you've talked about it in the past but you know going from a walk-on car accident a couple injuries you've had and now getting the honor as first team Pac-12 uh, in special teams. What does that mean to you? Just Does that kind of justify kind of all the struggles you've gone through and say, hey, like if I just keep working this hard, you know, imagine what more else I can do or something along those right. lines. Right. I think, you know, hard work has always been like one of my best attributes. That's one thing. I'll, I'll never let anyone outwork me. Um, and if they have better talent than me, then that, that's going to happen. Um, but I know for dang sure that I'm going to do everything I can to whip their butt in front of me. And so that just comes coming with that hard work and, you know, everything's going to have those setbacks. And so that's the thing that's going to keep you going is that hard work. Um, you know, some days we all wake up, we all wake up and it's harder to get, get going some days other than, you know, others. And especially when you have some setbacks, you, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt and you got to look at the big picture and yeah, it sucks for a second, but you can really make something out of it if you just keep coming back and working your butt off. And one of the things I've noticed recently is, you know, you're very involved in the community. You know, uh, every time a kid seems to wear a 25 jersey, you get stoked on it. What does it mean to you when you see, like, a kid wearing a 25 jersey and you're, and you're just like, I mean, that's got to be, like, the most awesome feeling in the world. Yeah, it, it's pretty awesome to see, you know, people wearing my number, anyone else's number. You know, I think when uh, you have that connection, you're like, ah, dang. <laughs> You know, it's a little bigger than, you realize it's a little bigger than just, you know, you and, and the team and, you know, seeing how big of an impact we have on the, uh, people's lives near and far, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. Coach talks about emails he gets and we get emails too from people and um, text message calls or messages on social media and, and you, you really realize how much uh, you're bringing to the table. Um, 
in, in more ways than you think of, honestly. And just off the football field, you've given back. I know you've been involved with some uh, uh, volunteer stuff, like Adopt the Highway, just different stuff like that. Uh, what does it mean to you to like get involved in the community and kind of use your you know, minor celebrity or whatever it is to, to have a positive impact on the state of Colorado? Well, before, or even before, like I had any notoriety, you know, I'm saying that I have a lot now, but before anyone really knew who I was, I was still doing that stuff, and that's something my parents definitely instilled in me, is uh, it's, it's, it's our duty, the way we see it, is, you know, you got to give back to help make, the, make this world a better place, and, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's always going on that, you know, isn't, isn't always very favorable for a lot of people, and being able to, you know, give some of my time and help someone else out is definitely very, uh, it's very awesome. I guess this is the best way I could put it. Is you, you you see how much a little bit of work can go, and how far it can help someone, and, and um, how much better you can make their day just by you know asking how they're doing, or you know giving them a free meal when they're not expecting it, or cleaning up at, you know when they need help, or, or whatever. And you know I think that just kind of goes in with us being humans. This is what we got to do to help you know make this place go around. How much better do you think it makes it look, you know, the university and whatever, that when you're doing that, you know, you're wearing a Colorado Buffaloes logo and, you know, you're kind of using that as an avenue to help out the Boulder, Colorado community? Um, you know, I think when, when I decided to come here, you know, I, I, I took on more than just playing football and that was representing the, the, my state university and my family um, and, and the coaches and the team. And so being able to wear, like, you know, Ralphie on my chest or, you know, the Buffalo, it, it's a, it's pretty awesome to be able to wear that, and people see you giving back, and whether they see you or you don't, you know, you know what you're doing, and um, you know you're making a better name for your, the, the programs you're associated with, and and uh, programs that you may not think you're associated with, but you know they they still keep an eye on you. So, being able to do that with, you know, the Colorado on our chest is definitely pretty awesome, and it definitely sets a standard for, for our university. Thanks, my man. Yeah. A big thank you to Ryan Moeller for allowing us to use his voice on this podcast as well as catching up with me. If you are coming down to a Nuggets game or an Avs game over the winter, why don't you hop off at the Lincoln Light Rail Station because you need to stop by the Clock Tower Grill. It is the first, the only, and the perfect place to get your pregame on from $3 Long Island Islands on Monday to 75-cent wings on Wednesday to $3 shots on Friday. There is no better place to start your event than the Clock Tower Grill. Remember, go to the Clock Tower Clock Tower Grill. I don't know why I'm like having words in my mouth. The clock Tower Grill. The, the Clock co- Tower Grill. Clo- <laughs> Before you jump on the light rail station and head downtown. It'd be amazing if they had one of those like right next to the Washington Monument. <laughs> Georgie was. Uh, Georgie was a big man. Speaking of grill, <laughs> he could not tell a lie. Speaking and, of grill, uh, I love it when you roast. Oh, God. He could not tell a lie. He also couldn't wear normal-sized underwear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we need a woman this back on this podcast. This podcast is so bad. <laughs> Which makes it so good. Uh, like the basketball, basketball team. They're so bad, and then they're so, so good. good. Uh, the last two games they've played since we talked about them, uh, they beat Xavier and lost to BYU. Since we've had a full basketball podcast, if you didn't catch the – hoops at the end of the last podcast uh they've been up and down they lost to csu as well um as ryan said when i said i think we have to talk about basketball on this podcast ah 
It's just there's no exciting storylines right now. I actually now said I fell asleep right after you said CU basketball. Well, it's, I, I didn't want to say that because I, I'd be saying that you were lying because you said, oh, I fell asleep, but you can't say you fell asleep if you were sleeping. That's protecting you. I was sleep you. talking. <laughs> you sleep, Bob. Why is this boring to you, Ryan? What's boring? What's I not exciting? Know, like, I literally go to the games. And sit courtside. Sometimes. Sometimes. And I just leave like like I just watched a bad movie. Like, yeah, it was there, and, like, I watched it. But, it, it like, I didn't leave being satisfied or excited in any form. Well, the Xavier game was the one that wasn't like that for me. For me, that game was genuinely exciting, and it was, like, reactivating all of, like, those atrophying, like, CU basketball excitement muscles that, like, I hadn't <laughs> experienced in so long. I was like, oh, this is what this is supposed to feel like. They're supposed to do this. They're supposed in to come back. In front of 7,700 people. Yeah, there was, you know, I got no excuse for the students. I'll give the snowstorm an excuse for the general public, but the student section after CSU basically gave up. finals? It wasn't even finals week yet. It was the week before finals week. I was stressed out. I was stressed out, but I went. But my point is... I've never been stressed. <laughs> my point is... It was, no, I mean, maybe the atmosphere wasn't everything that it should have been, but it was still the kind of game that you expect to see you basketball, Tad Boyle squad to tough out and come back and win against a quality opponent. And seeing Derek White kind of take over that game for stretches, that mm. was fun. That was exciting. I wish we'd seen a lot more of that this year. I, I mean, kind of I, like, I left that game going, Tad Ball is back. I should say that, like, it's like watching a bad movie – or like a boring movie, but like Leonardo DiCaprio's in it, so you still watch it. Like that's me with Derek White. I'm like, ah, <laughs> at least he's there. Like he's fun to watch. Did you not have fun at that game? Were you at that game? No, that yeah, that game was fun, and I was sitting courtside. Um, I was too busy looking at Bill Walton to notice you. Sorry, he's a little <laughs> bit taller than me. Maybe next time I'll wear a tie dye shirt. A tie dye shirt to call more attention to myself. Dude, he's so awesome. Chaps I've hero. Never, I, I've never Got been Chap on ESPN the Bill time. Walton train. The Shaft coolest thing, Bill, time last the year coolest thing Bill, Walton. Bill Walton ever did was make the intro to Arcade and B-Bads. Yeah, that was, that's a, maybe that, we'll drop that right here because we have nothing else to do on this podcast except Honestly, cool I just, like, what, what excites you about the basketball team right now? Uh, that they're playing Wesley the, Gordon's off, offside defense. I don't like weak side defense. Like, really exciting. There's no fun storylines other than Derek White. They need to keep. They need to hit some more threes. They need to be the three-point team. I feel like that's fun. You know what? I they think didn't do that I'm against BYU, and that's why they lost. Right, that's the problem. You know what? I think well, they didn't play defense against BYU. But they still would have won if they'd hit like any of their threes. They were like seven for twenty-seven from three. That's they just awful. don't bring that effort. I'm bored when I watch them because I feel like they're bored out there. All of them just like like George King is like the perfect example. He just looks bored to me. He's like, eh, I guess I'll go play basketball. Like I don't really have anything better to do. That's well, how I feel. So, I mean, at this point, I mean, do you expect them I, – I, the way you're talking, I just want to bring it up. Do you expect them to make or miss the NCAA tournament? Uh, I think it's going to be hard for them to make it based on how the Pac-12 has played in the non-conference season. I think they really have to have a good conference season. And like that, means, that means that they have to win conference road games. 
which is something they have really struggled to do under Tad Boyle. I'm not ready to say whether I think they will make it or will miss it. I'll stick with what I had preseason right now and saying that they will make it because I think this team's potential is still there. I've been told since day one that they're going to come together around January 1st. I still think that probably will happen. So I, it's hard for me to say yes or no, but the Pac-12 has been so trash that my hope for them uh, is dwindled a little bit just because of that, more so than their play, because I, I was kind of expecting this non-conference season from them, honestly, uh, but not to this level of boredom where you're just watching this team and contemplating whether or not it's worth watching basketball at all ever again. I did have that moment against CSU. I, I found my time hop from two, 2014 after CU lost to CSU at home, and I said, this is one of those rare moments where I question whether sports is worth it. <laughs> and I was like, same TBH when I saw the CSU game this year. Hon it was so awful. But I haven't Honestly, I that. realized why that happened, though. The reason uh, CU lost to CSU in basketball is 100% unquestionably because when charging the field after Washington State and Utah the fans chanted about CSU and you got your karma and I hope you like the way it tastes I did not chant that RK and I was still miserable um, I think it's an interesting point the we all have team, to take our shoes off in the, security it's one person's fault <laughs> the road team has won the last four of those games in that series and I think every time they've come in the road team has come in way more charged up than the home team in all of those matchups. It's more f I feel like that game might be more fun to play on the road. Well, you've got, yeah, I mean, I, was gonna, I would say that you still have a fair amount of your fans, except that wasn't true at all this year. CSU didn't bring anybody. CSU had four mans and with Rams painted on them. Yep. That was misspelled for, or was it not in order for like maybe 20 yeah. minutes too. Well, like, I mean, I feel like. Imagine having a four-letter team name that you can't put in order. <laughs> but, I mean. I don't know. It's weird. But, yeah, my entire time, four years, home team never won. That's just really interesting. I'm very glad I went last year because uh, I did not get what I was hoping for in the two home dates against CSU. See, Ted, I'll be different because in my six years or whatever I'm going to be at CU, <laughs> I'm allowing myself some more opportunities here. Well, didn't but. you go your senior year of high school? I didn't go to that game. Yeah. Um, Biggest crowd in CEC history? Yeah. Ooh, that was a good one. That was that was a it's amazing. fun one. But see, this is part of my. I'm gonna write an article about Tuff's how. Went out like to like a 24 to three run. And Wait, Ted's gonna write yeah. an article. But I'm gonna write an article right, about right. how how basketball attendance has more to do with football than anything else because that the reason that that game was so hype was because both schools were coming off of terrible football seasons and both basketball teams were pretty good. It's like. When the football yeah. is failing, everybody runs to basketball. And when football is back, people are kind of – they can take it or leave it when it comes to basketball. If this was last year and this team was performing this way, people would have been freaking out, and they're not. Basketball yeah. is a side chick. BSN buffs basketball clicks back exactly what you say. Yep. Yeah. But basketball yes. is a side chick. Don't add us, Ben Burroughs. Who was who was the side – Yeah. But, side, like, Tadboyle is a pretty clicks. hot side chick. I'm thinking so <laughs> much of so many De La Ghetto tweets right now, which I cannot repeat on this podcast. Uh, Ted Boyle is a more classic, classically handsome man than Mike McIntyre is. I'll just say that. But anyway, despite the fact that he's bald. <laughs> I don't, I don't neither of them are my type. Don't worry about it, chap. I'm not going off trying to, like, steal your mans or anything. None of them are my mans. I'm not into any guy. Okay. okay. This is... This is more off the rails than I was hoping for. Uh, so the, the hoops team, the basketball team. Uh, <laughs> is boring. But one exciting guy. And that's why they're a side chick. One exciting guy on the team, Bryce Peters. 
And I've been saying oh, it I love Bryce all Peters. the time. Oh, Derek White. Well, I love Bryce Peters, though. Yeah, he's exciting. But we're expecting Bryce Pe- or Derek White to be exciting. Bryce Peters has legitimately looked good. Maybe the only guy on the entire team that has looked better than his expectation. Derek White, I think, has met his expectation, but I think all of these other guys haven't really reached it. I think Derek, Derek White's w- averaging like 15, 4, and 4, if that's what you were that's expecting. That's exactly what Will was expecting. No, that's what I was expecting. What was Will expecting, like 12, 4, and 4? I think so. No, I got nothing to add except that Bryce Peters is fun. He seems like a fun guy. He went through the handshake line in front of the student section after the Xavier game. Win or lose, every other player treats that like it's a chore. They don't really want to do it. And they were just like, they just kind of walk through, don't look anybody in the eye, yada, yada, yada. You can't tell the difference between a win or a loss most of the time. Bryce Peters comes through. He's like looking at everybody being like, hey, we out here, like slapping high fives like with people in the second row and stuff. The dude just has that magnetic personality where he loves, he loves the attention. He loves the, the, the roar of the crowd. And he feeds off of that. And that's something that I'm excited to see him get a bigger role next year and in the future with this team. Or maybe even soon from what I am hearing. Oh, yeah? Yep, and that's something that I actually said on the preseason basketball pod. Don't be surprised if Bryce Peters is the starting point guard at some point in this season. Even with Dom coming back? I think Josh Fortune, although his defense has been – his defense has been good, his offense has been so lackluster to a point What offense? Exactly, (laughs) where I think that Tad Boyle really likes the lineup that he has when Bryce Peters is on the court instead of Josh Fortune. Fortune has two points in his last two games. For real. Mm Mm-hmm. How about Thomas Akizili's shooting slump? It's not a shooting. It's not a slump if you've never been I, good. I've seen it's wor- just a shooting. Yeah, like, I've seen worse slumps. I've seen worse slumps. I will say that, but uh, it's it's up there. Can't make a three. I mean, what he banked one in or you, yeah. Okay, um, he since we're already off the rails in this podcast. Oh I, I have a theory on why Thomas Akizili is shooting so poorly this year. Is it your number one cop on the force jokes being no, stale? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you. Uh, he has been watching a lot of Gossip Girl as of the last three months. You know, Devin that Ross. Show. Devin Ross continued to perform well. Hair. Devin Ross continued to perform well after admitting that he liked closer. So that was not an accurate take. That's I think true. the tattoos are messing up his shooting motion. <laughs> a lot of a lot of <laughs> ink in his the ink arm. Is, his, his arm is heavier than it used to be. He's not used to it. So many of he these are, talk to, are to Bo Gamble about how to overcome such a thing. <laughs> so many of these are is. Is blank the reason for Thomas Akizili's <laughs> shooting slump, comma, my column? Yes. <laughs> All of these things are. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a Kisla column to me to bring up something else. But anyway. Was this the best BSN Buffs podcast ever? You decide. My column. Uh, you decide. Uh, that's going to wrap up the BSN Buffs podcast for Ted Chalfin. I hope there's Ryan someone out there who's, like, really angry that they just listened to this. Clutch, like, <laughs> tell us how angry you are. We know you're listening. No, Clutch, Clutch is a homie. Clutch is going to like this no matter what. Like some person is out there just like, I cannot believe I just listened to that. Like, I hate these fans. But to be honest, like, if they're still listening, like, your fault. there was three football practices this week where the players practiced for 25 minutes and then the coach went on. Like, there's nothing. Like, yeah, they got a couple recruits and stuff this week. Or they, got, they signed the Juco guy this week. Like, basically Curry's nothing happened. <laughs> He's a little wiggly. We're just going to have to live like, it at that, let's, folks. We'll, we'll have to live it at that. <laughs> uh not yet, though, oh. because the Life Flower Dispensary in Glendale, just south of Denver, serves medical and recrea- recreational marijuana until... Recreational? <laughs> Wessel Westbrook? They are a one-stop <laughs> shop and have something to offer for everyone. Whether you're a smoker or prefer to use topical treatment for severe pain, Life Flower carries a huge variety of edibles, infused sodas, concentrates, flour, and they carry glass, too. 
Check out the menu at weedmaps.com for specific strains and price details, or just check out Lifeflower off Leedsdale. I believe they have a strain named after the team CU is playing on Saturday in basketball. Fort Hayes State. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. We'll see you next week. Kill me. I know Cam. Cam is one of my best friends. You are not a basic bitch. I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna mention that into your face, but you know, it's one of those things that like just come to terms with. Like, I like <laughs> pumpkin spice lattes. They taste good. I'm sorry. Actually, no, I'm not sorry. <laughs> sorry, I'm not sorry. Yeah, basic exactly. bitch voice. <laughs> exactly. Extremely basic bitch voice. <laughs> Sorry, sorry not partying. sorry. Sorry for party rocking. All right. <laughs> On FAO. Okay. Welcome to the... <laughs> Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast, coming to you from the Blake Street Tavern right here on the corner of Blake and Park. Or it's 22nd. It's these... Park. Start over. <laughs> Why did you start over? You're also way loud all of a sudden. Well, I put that too close to my mouth.